long-term slide and the basketball program continues and it raises some interesting questions about the future of the program. We'll discuss it in this edition of the 11 Dubcast. I'm Andy Vance along with Johnny Ginner. Johnny, Ohio State went up north to face that team and came back home with yet another loss. Not a good time uh, was had by anyone. This basketball team, I, I continue to be frustrated because it feels like they have a truckload of talent. And yet, you know, they're in these close-ish games. I mean, they've had some slobber knockers where they've just gotten the Dickens kicked out of them. But they've been in a lot of close games as well, and they can't seem to close the deal. Is this team just bad? Is it badly coached? Is what's What is the disparity between the talent that I see that's there and the inability to actually, I don't know, win a basketball game? Yeah, I think it's it's a team with talent that's just badly coached. And and part of it is, you know, one of the things that people keep saying, and it's weird that they absolve Chris Holtman of this, is, is roster construction. They're like, well, you know, they just don't have the guys where they need them. I'm like, okay, but whose fault is that? Who, <laughs> who is in charge of roster construction? Is it some outside firm that we are unaware of? Is this is this the people? Are these the people that we should be angry with? Because it's all part of it. Like you've got to be able to adjust for a COVID year as all these other teams by now have, you have to adjust for, you know, guys leaving early, which happens everywhere. You have to adjust for maybe not getting in the recruits that you want and finding another guy. Like that's, that's how it works. So in year six to be like, ah, yeah, I just some tough breaks on finding a key component of the defense. Like, okay, well <laughs> that's who's that on whose fault is that? Um, and the talent they do have, which they do have talent. I mean, it's a talented team just looks lost a lot of the time, particularly at the end of games. And, you know, a lot's been made how this team has lost, you know, I mean, they've lost a lot <laughs> in the past, a lot in the past 10, 11 games, but a lot of it has been made of how they've lost. So, oh, it's been really close. It's only been a couple possessions. I'm like, all right, well, a couple times that's bad luck. But, you know, 10 times, uh, maybe that's a maybe that's a theme. And and maybe that's something where they can't win close games because they don't have the wherewithal to do that. So I don't know, man. I I don't know what they're going to do with Holtman. I, I don't know how far they will ride this out. You know, they we've talked about this. They've given an extension. Um, I think Ohio State in general is going to be a lot more patient with basketball than, than football. Oh, for sure. But I just, I don't know, man, I don't know how you feel about it, but I said this, shoot, I said this at the end of last season. I was like, if you, if they come out with the talent that they have and they look booty towards the second half of the year, I mean, I I was saying this a year ago, if they come out and look booty and the second half of the season, then I don't know why you keep riding with this dude. And that's, that's exactly what's happened. So, I just, in a practical sense, I think he'll be around next season. I don't, I would be very surprised if that were, you know, not the case, but um, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of just done with it at this point. Yeah. I think the, the, the thing we, we both agree on Gene Smith's not going to do something precipitous. He, he gave the dreaded uh, vote of confidence ahead of the loss. Yeah. To, I thought that was pretty Michigan. good, especially how he phrased that the coach of the, fu- okay, well, three seconds in the future is also the future. Yeah. So. Yeah. He gave, gave the dreaded vote of confidence. I, I agree with you. I, <laughs> I think Holtman's got a lot more rope than if he were coaching uh, football and, and, you know, for good and bad, you and I used the Jim Harbaugh analogy a, a week ago when we talked about, you know, how much time you give a guy. Well, year six, we're here. Uh, the thing that's interesting is the reasons why or why not to make a tough decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I don't necessarily know that I think it's that tough either way. I think if you're Gene Smith, it's not tough. You know, the guy runs a clean program. He's liked by everybody. Uh, he's doing a fantastic job recruiting with back-to-back top 10 classes coming in. And it, and it feels like the pieces are there. Yeah. On the other hand, I think it's not a tough choice. If you take the other stance that we've had six years of this and okay, maybe you make some allowances for the COVID year. Uh, I think there's a case to be made. I'm not the one making it, but I think there's a case to be made that COVID has screwed up rosters in terms of you've got guys that are here, you know, it's just like we were talking about with Stetson Bennett when Ohio State played Georgia in the bowl game. You know, Stetson Bennett's like 38 years old. Yeah, right. 
you know, uh, so you've got guys that are working on a sixth, seventh season uh, due to their extra COVID year. Ohio State doesn't really have guys that fit that category. Their their talent's all super young. Mm-hmm. So you could say in another year or so uh, with that that extra COVID talent off some of these benches, Ohio State's going to have this veteran, super talented team instead of uh super young team, you know, that's still learning whatever. I, I think there's a, a case to be made that it's not a tough decision to make a change because you've had six years, you haven't seen dramatic improvement, if anything, maybe go in the other direction. Uh, so it, it, you know, would not be difficult for me to make either case for keeping Holman or letting Holman go, but nothing, nothing's going to change uh, this off season. I really don't think maybe, maybe if they literally, literally lose every game the rest of the way, but that's out. the thing though, dude, like they could, right? Like that's, yeah. you've <laughs> been I even... saying that you've been saying that, I mean, since the beginning yeah. and you've proven right because they've now lost nine of their last 10. Yeah. And look, the thing is about that mission game. I mean, yeah, it's mission game and and yes, it's, it's on the road. And so that's going to be kind of carries its own special juice, even in basketball. Uh, but if you look at the actual like strength of schedule and, and who they're playing, Michigan was supposedly, at least on paper, the easiest out <laughs> that they have. So you've got, you know, you've got eight more games here to play and none of them are guaranteed. I mean, God, you, I mean, shoot, you look at Northwestern, right? Coming up this Thursday and you're like, well, you should be able to beat Northwestern. Uh, guess what? They're third in the big 10 and they're 16 and seven. <laughs> um, you know, Michigan State, that's always, you know, a pain in the ass. That's not going to be fun. And then you got to play at Iowa, at Purdue. Um, I mean, really, Penn State? Penn State's probably your best bet here, but they're 14-9. and nine. They're looking better than you. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ohio State also has, I think, extraordinarily bad luck. And there is a tremendous amount of parity in the Big Ten this year. There, there is. You know, there's not it, – it's not – it's not a big two little 10 sort of, you know, there, sort of conference this year. Here's the thing I'll say about that though. Cause I agree with you. There is, there is. However, I, you have this. Okay. So you've got two teams, basically, well, really one team at the top of the big 10, right? You got Purdue and they're yep. the clear class. And then you've got, but they got their head handed to them the other day to, you know, kind of right, to the point did. of the parody. Right, anyway, right. Carry on. <laughs> no, no. But my point is then you, but you're right. You're right. I think that's a good example of the kind of parody. And then you've got like a dozen teams that are all good, right? They're all decent, you know, six. I mean, shoot, I'm looking at the stats right now. They've got like six or five or six teams that are 16 and seven right now. That's kind of hilarious. Yep. Um, there's a butt ton of teams sitting at seven and five in the conference. However, I don't count Ohio State as part of those. That, that I, I would group. agree with that. They're not. I think they're at the bottom. And Ohio State and Minnesota, the two worst teams in the Big Ten. Minnesota is one and eleven in conference. Who is that one win against? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> that, that's right. <laughs> Who is it, Andy? It's the Ohio State University that's, Buckeye. Ben that's right. It would be team. your Ohio State Buckeyes. The one team that they have managed to beat all oh. season. This is a seven and fifteen or see, God, yeah, seven and fifteen team overall, one and eleven in conference. Their one win is against Ohio State. Ohio State is not one of that middle group of talented but just underperforming or middling team. They're not there. They're not that good. They're not that good. They're worse than that. And because of that especially if you have all these teams that are just like fighting and, you know, scrimping and scratching for every kind of win that they can get in the big 10, particularly if they want to, you know, for seeding the March madness, because Ohio State's not getting that. Um, then they're going to take it to Ohio state every night because they need that win. Right. There, there are no easy outs. And, and not just because the big 10 overall is talented but because they want to get that win against Ohio state. They are Absolutely. not willing to, to concede that. Um, and so they'll go right at them. And, and, you know, I don't think Ohio State's going to lose all of their games <laughs> to finish probably, the season. Probably, <laughs> probably, maybe. But but it's definitely a possibility. It, it could happen. It could absolutely happen. Um, realistically, I think they probably win two or three of them. Uh, but I, I mean, as insane as that seems, they could lose them all because they look that much in disarray on offense and defense on both sides of the floor. They are terrible starting the half in the first half. 
um and they don't they don't finish well um so all those things combined with bad defense i mean shoot you're not looking at a real good chance to win a lot of games here so let's talk about this from a little different angle because watching that game and listening to jay wright talk about chris holtman it, it struck me like there is this sense and maybe it's because chris holtman is just the nicest guy in college basketball i don't know but you get this sense that the national media and other coaches like Jay Wright mm. believe in this guy, believe in Chris Holtman. And, and I have been a believer up until the last couple of seasons where it's like, wait a minute, we're not making progress here. What, what are you and I missing? Are, are we just cynical, heartless bastards or, or are we really missing something here that, you know, another year Holtman's suddenly going to have a final four team. I, I, I guess this is where I'm really struggling is no. why are these experts so high on a guy that you and I and the average fan watching the, these games we're, we're missing it. Yeah, we can't, I mean, we can't believe our lion eyes, right? Like we, you know, that's <laughs> don't, I, don't, I, don't confuse me with the facts, man. Yeah. I, the thing is, is that I believe that Holtman is not a, I don't think he's overall like a terrible coach. I, I think that there are, there are things that he does well. I think there's things that he's historically done well um, throughout his career. I think he's in an over set at Ohio State. I mean, he's lost the plot, and and that's bad. And I don't know how you regain that at this point. I think it's just going to get worse. But I think the national media, these are guys who have known him for a while. I mean, Holtman, you know, that's the thing about Holtman. He, he's a younger guy. It's not like he started his career at Ohio State, right? He had a pretty extensive, successful career elsewhere, and that's fine. And I think a lot of guys look at that and realize that he's a good dude. He runs a clean program. He's a player's coach and they want him to succeed. So they, they don't want people to freak out because for a lot of people, I think that Holtman at Ohio state was a great fit, a great pairing made sense for both sides. It was a logical, logical next step for Holtman to take on this big, you know, like if not, blue blood in basketball at least in terms of resources like this big time big reach school and a big time basketball conference in the big 10 uh and they wanted it to work out and it's just it's it clearly hasn't i mean we just said this last week but i think it's kind of topped out to where it's going to be right like 20 and 10 second round of march madness that's about it that's about what you can expect um, and it's not going to get a whole lot better than that. And, and I, I just think a lot of people like Jay Wright and a lot of the other national pundits are looking at it and go, man, the fundamentals seem good. They've got a lot of players. We know mm -hmm. Holtman is capable of, of good things. You know, we know he's a, he's a decent coach. He isn't like an idiot or anything like that. Um, they should be playing better than this. And so I don't know, man, I, I think sometimes people, they look at that and they think, well, if we just get it more time then eventually it'll regress to the mean and, you know, Holtman won 25 games and everybody be happy. I'm not, I don't think that way. I, I think bad things can beget worse things and sometimes it's just not going to work out. So I don't know. I'd love to be wrong. I, I'd love for Holtman to come out and this team, you know, they, they figure out the roster and they solidify around a good offense and blah, blah, blah. And they win 25 games. I just, I, I cannot possibly imagine that at this point in the game, uh, particularly as we keep pointing out, they've lost nine of the last 10. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly where, where I am too. I, you know, what, what problem will more time solve? Yeah. Now, maybe it's, maybe it is as simple as the roster construction issue, uh, which again, I think, you know, you, Chris Holtman will make a number of excuses for the roster construction things. Guys leaving early that he didn't expect. Hey, guess what? He's going to have that again this year because Bryce Sensabaugh is off to the off to the NBA after this season. He's yeah. going up in mock drafts <laughs> left and right. So, and so, okay, but then how long do we string this out, right? Do Is it every year where we get to say, like, well, he left early. We didn't expect that. So, you know. Yeah, I think that's the thing that, you know, maybe this is a conversation that these guys are having, I, I hope, are having behind closed doors. Um gene smith and chris holtman that is but but what what is the barometer for success because i don't i don't think you can just carry on at, at 20 and 10 ad infinitum with yeah. no meaningful run in march uh at some point because you're 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 looking and saying we're at six years in 
And what does Ohio State have to show for it? There's no conference titles, no conference champion, no conference tournament titles, no mm-hmm. no meaningful wins in the NCAA tournament. Like it's you know his what, highest he, finish, Holtman's highest finish at Ohio State in the eight, final AP poll was seven. Um, he's finished out of the AP poll in the final final poll after March Madness more time, well, an equal amount of times than he has finished. Well, I take that back. At the end of this season, it will be an equal amount of times. Mm-hmm. Um, so my point is, is that what are I agree with you? What are your expectations, right? What are you What are you trying to accomplish? What are you trying to be? Um, because right now, do you want to be a you know a bottom third? <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and maybe team? and maybe there's the issue, Johnny, that we haven't really. And I asked I asked Kyle Jones this question last week, and we kind of got off track because we were talking about. I asked him two questions at the same time. Bad interviewer way to go uh so i'll ask you the question is it possible for ohio state to be elite in football and basketball at the same time is this is this possible can a school do both things well sustainably long term why not i i mean seriously why not i mean that's my position i always say yes you should be able to win both things when you're a school ohio state size with that much uh, you know, in your resource chest, I don't see the two as connected. I, I really don't, and I know, I know it's inevitable because they're the the revenue sports and they get the most attention and their seasons overlap. But it's they're not, they're not connected. They're not. They, they, Chris Holtman is not going like, okay, what's going on with the football team? Let's see if we can schedule this so that we can. They don't care. That's mm-hmm. not. That's not how they do this. They, they've got their own schedules, their own training, their own you know agendas that they're going to follow. Whether the football or basketball teams are doing their thing or not, they don't care. It's, it's not the same thing. It's a completely, in terms of roster management, in terms of recruiting, how you evaluate guys, the, the overall season length, all this stuff, they're operating on different wavelengths. And I think it's... I'm not saying it's it's unprecedented when you look at that. And I understand why, why you would ask that question, because it is it is very difficult to see that happening. Right. But that's more because of an allocation of resources for most schools mm-hmm. than it is some kind of like, well, you can only have one or the other. Um, Ohio State has the resources for both. And I don't I don't expect my expectations for Ohio State men's basketball are not go to the final four every year, you know, win a national championship every five or 10 years. I don't, I don't have that high of expectations, uh, but they should be by all rights challenging for big 10 championships, at least, you know, every third year, every other year, like that's that not even winning them. It just being in the top like quarter of the conference is what the expectation should be. And you know, if you can't deliver that on a consistent basis, then I, I I don't think you're, you know, Ohio State should really settle for that. I, I think they should expect more from their coaches. Yep. Agreed. Uh, this is, uh, this is the thing where, you know, go back to something I said a minute ago, I'd love to be a, the fly on the wall listening to Gene Smith and Chris Holtman talk to know what, what is Gene Smith's expectation for the program? Is, is he content with you know, 20 plus wins a season and, you know, maybe we win some tournament games every now and then sort of mentality, or is it, Hey, this is Ohio state. It should be, you know, a conference championship every couple of years and uh, a deep tournament run, you know, final four appearance every four or five years. Like I think think Gene Smith would say that he expects conference championships. Right. And that's the standard at Ohio state. And he would say all the right things. In practicality, I think his number one priority is a, you know, a stable program, right? That's, that's run well and yeah, challenges for championships, but it overall is, is just continuing to be a revenue maker uh, the way it needs to be, you know, gets, gets butts in the seats and, and things like that. But the other thing is, you know what, Ohio State men's basketball doesn't have to be Ohio State men's or men's football. Ohio State doesn't have to, Ohio State men's basketball doesn't have to be Ohio State football in the sense that they are that elite um however one of the things i mean you look at the crowds at these games right and and not even this season obviously this season the crowds are going to be garbage but you know even in past seasons this is they're not people aren't getting excited about this team and i think what put the stars in the eyes of 
Ohio State admin, uh, you know, during the early part, especially if that Mata's run, his tenure, wasn't just the fact that they were bringing in some really incredible teams, but that people had a lot of fun watching them, right? <laughs> I mean, it, the Schottenstein Center was never going to be a, a wild bump in place um, just because of the way it's it's constructed and, and, you know, how it's aligned and all that kind of stuff. But I think if you look at those teams with, you know, Sullinger and, and Evan Turner and obviously, you know, with Odin and them, that that was a lot more juice that brought a lot more excitement to Ohio State men's basketball than anything that I think we've seen in the past you know half decade plus um and that to me is something where they I think Gene Smith would be more concerned about than you know getting to the 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 second weekend of March Madness on a consistent basis yeah so that's that's going to be the interesting thing I I think for him to do uh, him you know as the the face of the department is to really articulate to fans. And, and I think, you know, Holtman too, one of the problems I feel like fans have with Chris Holtman right now, and not that fans, you know, let's be real, fans don't have much say in, in all of this, right? Like well, Gene Smith isn't running the athletic department of the Ohio State University by consensus. <laughs> he's, not, <laughs> he's not running it based on polling data, uh, but he is running it based on ticket sales, certainly to some That's extent. Right. So that that does matter. Vote with your dollars, that sort of thing. I, I think where fans have lost patience with Chris Holtman is what they hear a lot of are what feel like excuses. The some mm-hmm. of the roster construction things we've talked about, you know, the COVID year kind of screwing things up and yada 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 yada. Uh, it's a, they've had some, and they have legitimately had some poor officiating at times, you know, that have put them in some bad spots late. In well, they also got games. away with the game too. They did a- absolutely, stuff. yeah, because I mean that that's that's exactly right. The the. Crying about the officials cuts both ways. That's nobody right. gets nobody gets all of the breaks all of the time and and nobody conversely gets none of the breaks none of the time. You know, it's like it's it doesn't really work that way. It sort of comes out in the wash over time, no matter mm-hmm. no matter that we as fans tend to think that our team is the persecuted program. I mean, Hell's Bells, you know, fans of Duke basketball, the New York Yankees and the Alabama Crimson Tide all believe the world is out to get their particular team yeah. and that the officials right. screw their team specifically more than any other. So, you know, right. let's, it, it, it does cut both ways, but all that to say, I, I think that's part of the reason fans have, have gotten so, um, you know, in transient, if you will, in their, in their argument that Smith needs to cut bait here is because they feel like what they're getting is, uh, a no improvement and B lots of excuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I don't feel like that's my one knock against Chris Holtman as a, as a coach, right. Is, is I mean, give me some, give me some trestle speak or something. Cause what I hear a lot of, a lot of this, uh, you know, Monday morning, like, okay, what happened? Well, well, it's... And a lot of it is self-inflicted. I mean, I think one of the, you know, one of the great example of that is, is what we're talking about uh, today with the, uh, you know, the stuff with the, uh, with the team captains and everything. Where oh, great like, example. Yeah. Let's talk where everybody's about trying to figure situation. out like, what the hell are you talking about? And you know, that's great. I mean, great that you've got, okay, new team captains, but the way it was presented, the way it was talked about, was like, Oh, we've got to do a shakeup here because we've got some like issues on the team or something, which, you know, then was later clarified. Like, no, 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 that's not really what we're saying. It's like, why, why is the messaging so inconsistent here? Why, why are we in such confusion at this point in the season after going you know oh for like one for ten and wins um i don't know it's just the whole thing is very weird and at this point in the season it just seems like you're just adding to the momentum of the snowball rolling down the hill you know what i mean it just absolutely i don't know it it just feels like the team's in disarray and it's not going to get better yeah, and this is one of those things that, you know, you, your snowball analogy is a good one because when when things are going well, you know, winning erases a multitude of of sins. Uh, although I will say I remember during the Trestle era, you know, people were calling for Trestle's head for years because, you know, they got tired of Trestle ball or whatever. Uh, but they winning covers a multitude of sins and and so you get yourself a longer a longer rope when you're winning the obverse is true that when you're losing a bunch and then people nitpick every little thing so Mm -hmm. you know coaches talking to the media and 
hey, by the way, we've we've had a revote and we've added a team captain. That's a sure sign of midway through uh february you've had to add a new captain that's a sure sign that your season is not going great right and somebody asked him well does that mean somebody got demoted you know for folks who didn't read this story and he gives some hee-haw answer about well i wouldn't tell you if they did because i wouldn't want to embarrass that person which is you know which is is true right you i can't i can't imagine a coach saying, hey by the way we kicked so and so out of the captain or or alternatively you just say no (laughs) right right (laughs) Yeah, no, no. Uh, so this was just a really weird way of rolling this news out. The way to position it was very simply: Hey, we added a we added a captain. This guy's earned it. He's doing whatever in practice, and he's a leader in the locker room. And- yeah, there's so many ways you can say this without making it seem like everything is just chaotic in the locker room. Like it's I don't know. It's and so and you know, and, and this is I mean, this is the impression, right? That like these guys just are not together. And again, this kind of comes back to this question of coaching. All right. I feel like we've, uh, we, we're going to ride this horse into the turf. Uh, well, it's fine. Cause we've got eight more games. Well, I was going to say, and what scares me about <laughs> it is that we are not anywhere near the end of the season yet. So we're yeah. going to have this conversation again. And what we should do. And I really hope they win the next game because I, I like it when Ohio state wins, but what we should do is just like do a complete 180 and be like, no, 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 we were wrong. The NCAA tournaments calling this team. Yes. Yes, and final four, baby. It. Final four, baby. That's right. Win and you're in. Yeah, you got it. Uh, the other basketball program at Ohio State, the one had been our shining hope throughout some of Ohio State men's basketball's darkest hours. The women's basketball program that opened on that amazing 19 and 0 run uh, suffered a laugher to Maryland, 90 to 54. Bad. 90 to 54. Fourth loss in five games. Uh, J.C. Sheldon came back, which was the thing that I think a lot of us thought, you know, this is what's holding him, holding the, the women down. Uh, it it looked like they really just kind of called it in after halftime in this game. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, they definitely just packed it in, which, again, you don't like to see. I mean, that's that's another bad sign, especially for a team that's also on a skid. Um, 48 to 24 in the second half in case people weren't <laughs> watching the game. That was the the the, the difference. I, you know what? I knew it was bad. I actually didn't know that it was exactly that bad. Well, you know, um, you know what I mean? Ohio State got themselves into a hole, right? First quarter, uh, 19 to 7, Maryland advantage. Um, right. Second quarter, though, they drew, they, they didn't draw back even the score, but they they matched them point for point. It was 23 mm-hmm. 23 second quarter uh, scoring differential. But then after halftime, you know, the wheels just fell off the wagon. Right. Uh, Ohio State's field goal percentage, you know, under 34%. Three-point percentage, 26%. Meanwhile, Maryland shooting 50% from beyond the arc, 52% from the field. Uh, turnovers, you know, the turnover margin. Maryland was better on the boards. You know, the whole nine yards. It was like almost literally every statistic, Maryland was better by a good margin than Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, you know, basketball is a streaky game. Streaky yeah. game. Maryland is a top 10 team, certainly, but Ohio State certainly hasn't looked like one of the top two or three teams in the country uh, during this this four or five game uh, losing streak they're on. Yeah, well, you know, and unlike the men's basketball team, they'll be able to kind of prove their mettle a little bit, um, you know, in, in March Madness. And and we'll see if they can right the ship a little bit. And if, you know, JC can, can kind of get it back, then I think they still have a shot to kind of recapture some of that excuse me some of that um momentum that they had earlier in the season that i feel much more confident about their ability to maybe get it i, know, I do too. i think they have the, the men's basketball team i do i i agree yeah and so you know this could just be a rough stretch and then you know they they kind of pull themselves out of it but hopefully uh that happens sooner than you know you know could it also be that Ohio the State basketball is just cursed there's some like january february curse a, a hex like that's uh, right Let's say the we're not allowed to enjoy sports in January. The, the Schottenstein Center, uh, you know, was 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 uh, you know built over you know the grave of of a shaman, and something like something very bad happened. I don't know. Right. You got to chalk this up to the supernatural. Uh, but I do. I, in all seriousness, say pet cemetery. There you go. I, all, all all joking aside, I do feel like the women will bring it back. The men, not so much. Uh, we'll talk about it as the season continues we're going to talk about some non-rev sports coming up in a moment uh, but johnny we are coming down to the stretch 
the last week we'll be able to talk about football because the big game is here. Uh, that means before we head into Ask Us Anything, we need to do our our last uh, bet, bet Jack, Jack parlay bet Jack, of bet the season. Jack. Bet Jack, the Ohio sports book by Ohio sports fans for Ohio sports fans. You can do what I did and download the Bet Jack app at your local app store or go to betjack.com. So how jacked up are you, my friend, for the Super Bowl uh, versus uh, Kansas City versus the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, I'm a little sad. You know, the Bengals aren't in it. Um, hey, but you know what? I'm retiring I'm... also, by the way. I don't know how you feel about that. Say again. AJ Green retiring also. I saw uh, that. I I'm a little surprised. I thought he would have been a guy that would have hung on just a little bit longer than he did. Um, great player, and that's that's sad to see him leave the league. Uh, but he was excellent in Cincinnati for a long time. Um, you know, I even though I'm a little sad that the Bengals aren't in this, I think this is going to be a really fun game, and that's sometimes you know when it comes down to the super bowl obviously i'm going to watch it but i'm not really that interested in the game this is not one of those years i think this is gonna be a really really fun game to watch so uh right now you've got the eagles are one and a half favorites one and a half point favorites um man it, you know i i just i i was earlier i think i was definitely on the eagle side here the more i think about it and the more time that you know Mahomes and, and company have to rest and kind of get a little bit better from their injuries i don't know man I, I agree with vegas this is a very close line for a reason um i'm going to stick with the eagles just to be consistent and also because they've just been on fire on all phases of the game um but it's going to be a really fun game i'm excited for it yeah i'm taking patty mahomes and the chiefs in this one i i feel like they've got that been there done that sort of <laughs> mm -hmm. uh advantage andy reed you know he, what can you say about andy reed uh, the yep. guy's the guy and I, I think this just I, I think this matchup plays a little bit into uh, Kansas City strengths and I'm I'm, I'm going to go with them I'm going to go with them I think they've got the goods and will will come out victorious uh, you know probably ought to throw this into a parlay you have any early expectations for who has the best uh, halftime commercial oh, or, or, or game during the commercial any big brands you're watching to really I you know what come out with a good one I don't think here's the problem. Okay. And and I used to be all about the Super Bowl commercials when I was yeah, a that kid. Was the whole, that's the whole reason to watch the game, frankly. Oh my God. I loved it. I, I would go, I, I remember from a very young age, to, I mean, I was probably like five or six. I'd go to my grandpa's house and we'd watch actually his apartment. And we'd, we'd just sit in his living room and we'd watch the Super Bowl. And it was just me and him. And it was a great time. And I was like, Oh, I love the game. Cause I rooted for the bills. Cause I'm a stupid idiot kid. Yeah. And because <laughs> the Bengals weren't going to ever get in it. So I was like, well, I might as well root for somebody. Um, but because I always, you know, the Bills always disappointed. Um, I, I always got hyped about the, the commercials too. And the problem is with the commercials in the Super Bowl nowadays is that they, they show them on like the internet. You see them, you're actually aware of the commercials before they actually air because they do like teasers like the, the these brands will do teasers for their commercials before the actual game itself and it kind of ruins the surprise a little bit so it's not as fun as it used to be um but i don't know i mean i i want i i the goofier the better i mean i really think i like to see when they just go all out for just some really dumb crap and uh you know I think they've leaned into that a little bit more in the past few years. So I'm excited for that part. Mm -hmm. I, I just hope it's silly. That's all I want. Uh, I don't need dramatic. I, I don't like, I don't like the, I don't, like when you're trying to make me cry with a commercial. Heck yeah. I'm sorry, Budweiser. You're not going to make me sign, sign Pixar up to do somebody's commercial. Cause I, yeah. I think I've cried at every Pixar movie. They've, they've I'm out. not, I'm well, I'm not, I'm not poo pooing Pixar. I'm just saying if like, you know, yeah, you don't want prudent financial I, I, or whoever I, I, the heck wants it. to try to make me shed a tear. Cause a puppy meets a, horsey and they i don't care you're trying to sell me something i'm not you're not going to make me feel i i hope I, I hope the clydesdales make an appearance that to me um is what big Super horses Bowl are cool about. they're not going to make me feel nothing that's all i'm saying oh i love i love the clydesdale spots i i hope they make an appearance uh all right great so make sure friends that uh you, you send us your pick for your favorite super bowl commercial one of the things i always love about super bowl commercials is when the commercial's so good you don't remember who the ad was for 
Oh yeah. That's like and half the, the time. The perfect example would be the years that they did the Terry Tate office linebacker. Oh spots. yeah. I still don't remember know what these. The hell that's about. <laughs> it was a Reebok commercial, believe oh, it really? or not. Yeah. It was re- you, I had no idea. I would have uh, guessed insurance. I was working at uh, a radio station in town at the time. And I remember going on the next day and everybody's, you know, talk, cause we were, you know, we worked in advertising and so people were talking about the different spots and everybody's talking about Terry Tate. And, if, and for, for the younglings here, this, I mean, these spots had to have come out 20 years ago. Yeah. The idea is you had, uh, you know, Terry Tate, the office linebacker. And, and, and it starts with sort of like, uh, like a, the office type setting, or they used to do those sports center commercials where people are walking around mm-hmm. the ESPN cubicles and here's random celebrity athlete type, you know, sitting in an ESPN cubicle or something. And so the guy's walking around and he's talking about, you know, we needed to get, we needed to improve our operations here at, you know, Diggler and company, whatever the company was called. And so we brought in Terry Tate office linebacker. And so mm-hmm. you've got this situation where somebody's uh, taking the last drink of coffee out of the coffee uh, pot in the break room. And all of a sudden they get just laid out yeah, by jack. Terry Tate, the office linebacker. I mean, he just flat destroys this guy and he jumps up. He's like, you know, you've got to fill the coffee pot. Would you take the last coffee out of there, Bob? <laughs> Woo! And just this whole series of Terry Tate blowing people up for doing crap that people do at the office that annoys office dwellers. You know, it doesn't classic. play in this day and age because nobody works in the office anymore. That's but true. Actually, that it'd be point, really funny if you like showed up to people's houses. Yes, and, like, yes, yes. Annihilated them while they were like. They should totally the do a throwback to that. Oh, my God. That'd actually be really funny. It really would be. So I go to the office the next day and everybody's talking about Terry Tate because there were multiple spots in the series. You know, it was one of those that like the story played out through the whole game and the sales manager looks and he says, does anybody remember who the advertiser was? And it's just crickets. (laughs) Right. I think it really was Reebok. I looked it up years later, but that was the perfect example of like, did this ad actually do anything? Did it sell t-shirts or or tennis shoes? (laughs) I, I dare say not, but it was it was hilarious. It was a great yeah. piece of storytelling. Yeah, Just didn't sell anything. So anyway, all right. So send us your notes. Uh, your your favorite Super Bowl commercials. We'll we'll talk about those next week, maybe. All right. Two uh, two quick yeah. ones here, and this is so okay that we've we've projected uh, the Super Bowl. Yep. Super far in advance, and then we'll get one little closer uh, to you know to the present day. Um, I tweeted about this a while ago. George's um, George Bulldogs, their schedule for next season is quite, quite easy, quite, quite the simple <laughs> task uh, of, of going undefeated. They have, they have an incredibly weak uh, schedule for uh, 2023, 2024. Yeah, it's wild. Um, right now, if you were to place a bet and uh, you wanted to project who the, the next national football champion would be, you've got Georgia plus 250. Alabama plus 400, Ohio State third plus 700, USC plus 800, Clemson plus 1000. Where are you going on that? Who would you I put mean, I would that? I would absolutely In put early money February. On, yeah, I would absolutely put money on Ohio State right now because one of the things is like if if you could always just pick the favorite, right? You this could. is this is where where betting really becomes strategic is where where do you find value? You'll hear people talk about your value picks. Mhm. It's not a value pick to pick Georgia because you're not going to make much when Georgia wins at what'd you say plus two fifty? Plus two fifty. Yeah. So you're not gonna you're not gonna make a bunch of money on that deal, right? So you know, Ohio State at at, at uh minus seven hundred. You said minus seven hundred, minus seven hundred, yeah. Uh um, no, well, they're at plus seven hundred. Plus plus seven hundred. Yeah. yeah. The plus of the minus always throw me off. But mm. um I thought I thought maybe we were saying that uh you know, Georgia is one of those where if you put you put twenty dollars on it to win 10 sort of things yeah um anyway so you know ohio state is is a better play there i don't know enough about usc frankly to know if i feel like that's a better pick um but but you're trying to thread the needle between not just going for the insane long shot that's only going to play out pay out once every 50 years right you're not Um, putting down money on like maryland right right exactly right exactly right uh and by the same token like I, you know, you could, you could absolutely throw $10 down on Georgia and you're not going to be stupid uh, to do it because they're the favorite for a reason. Uh, but I'm, I would, I would go with Ohio state on this one at, at, okay. at plus 700. I, yeah. You know what? I, I think I would. early February, I think that's a feel good bet. I, I agree with you on that. I think well, and, and I mean, look at it this way. Like if you want me to justify this, Ohio state was a point away from upending the dominant national champion, Georgia that's right. Bulldogs, right? Like, they you it. know, 
<laughs> one or two plays different, and, and I'm not just putting it on the field goal, but one or two plays go differently, and Ohio State wins that game, and there's no question in my mind they win the national championship. Yeah, I agree. So, so this pick, you know, like it's not just blind homerism to be like, yeah, because I feel like Ohio State's offense will be as good as Ohio State's offense has been the entirety of the Ryan Day era. And mm -hmm. I do believe that Jim Knowles will improve the defensive output next year. Yeah, I agree. So that's, I, I think that's a good bet. Um, and then in that same vein, I'm a little curious, you know, March Madness coming up again, Ohio State, I, I got to believe is on the outside looking in. However, you want to put some money down on them. Uh, plus, 12,500. So who knows, you know, maybe they catch fire and when the, I don't know, probably not going to happen. Houston right now is the, uh, the favorite at plus 650 Purdue right behind them at plus 850. And what's interesting is that it kind of balloons after that a little bit. Arizona's plus a thousand Alabama's plus 1100 Kansas plus 1200, but then you get maybe five or six down and you're looking at like plus 3000 plus 4,000 plus 5,000. Um, I think this is going to be a very interesting March Madness year. I would not look at the number one seeds to win this thing. And teams that like traditionally come up and maybe bite people in the ass a little bit, I, I think they might make some noise. With that said, I always make this mistake. I'm, I'm talking myself out of it already because I always make this mistake where I, I want the lower seeds to win right yeah, i want them to make right. that and then and then ultimately it's fun for a couple of rounds and ultimately they regress to the mean and then a one or two seed ends up winning the national championship so you've got a couple schools of thought you could go all right well this is going to be a wild and woolly year and then maybe somebody maybe a five or seven seed comes up and wins a natty or we do what we normally do and kind of regress to the mean in that case put money on houston or purdue yeah by the I way big 10 big 10 bad Big Ten bad money. Don't put money on Purdue. <laughs> yeah, and this is tough because I was going to say I Big would. Big Ten's never would, won a national championship ever again. Right. I would. I would take. I would take Purdue here uh, if I was going to take one of those, you know, favorites per se. But I like when you were going through that kind of next tier down. I, I think I like Kansas. You know, as a as a bet there that it's not not you a know, bad bet, not a super Plus long shot, yeah. but there's some value there. You know, I agree. That's a great choice. I think Kansas is an excellent choice in that situation. Um, I think Tennessee might be a good one. I don't trust Alabama, but you know, got traditional places like Arizona, I think that's, I think that might do it for you. So we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be back in to check on those particular bets, especially as we talk about our brackets uh, in about a month here. All right. So that's going to do it. This is the bet Jack parlay. So stay tuned friends. And we will, uh, we, we will uh, circle back around on these picks one last rodeo. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about the Super Bowl. I'm less excited about seeing Ohio State's uh, chances of not getting into any tournaments this basketball uh, yeah, season. So kind of a mixed bag. Remember, you can place your bets at betjack.com or find the BetJack app wherever you get your app store. All right, Johnny, that leads us to the mailbag. What do our friends have us uh, have for us in this week's edition of Ask Us Anything? Well, we want to remind you that you can ask us literally anything by sending us questions to dubcast at 11warriors.com. Let's go ahead and start with Kevin, who says, guys, if the Ohio State men's basketball team played the women's basketball team, who can who would win? Uh, and you can't say Iowa. <laughs> okay, that's kind of funny. <laughs> you can't uh... say Iowa. I think that's pretty good. Um, you know what? Here's the thing. I know that's very tongue in cheek and I appreciate the question, Kevin, um, because of that. However, one thing that I do think people need to start thinking about, and, and it, it becomes apparent when you have a revenue sport playing this badly is that people really need to start reconsidering some of their biases that they have towards non-revenue sports and entertainment value. A lot of people will turn up their nose at women's basketball or women's hockey or even wrestling and go, nah, that's not the sport for me. That's not a cool sport. You know what? They are cool sports. And there is no reason on God's green earth to force yourself to watch a crappy revenue sport just because it's the revenue sport when you could be watching something much more entertaining instead. So yes, the women's basketball team is on a, you know, a losing streak and they're not looking great, but when they're hot, they're fun to watch. Same with women's hockey, same with wrestling, same with a lot of these non-rev sports. I recommend people start branching out and actually watching this stuff because they deserve it and they're fun. And, and, and so I just, 
I hate that that internalized bias that people have. Uh, that's like, well, it's, it's you know, it's it's the revenue sport. It must be great. Eh, not necessarily. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of good stuff out there, right? There's yeah. a lot of deserving Ohio State sports that uh, that you know deserve eyeballs uh, from time to time. Yeah, there's a ton of good stuff going on. Uh, in fact, if you if you don't read Chase Brown's weekly around the oval <laughs> column, you you might have missed some of this. But uh, you know, Ohio State's tennis teams just really kicked butt um, lately. And you mentioned wrestling. So Ohio State uh, it did lose to Penn State. No shame in that because Penn State is just obscenely dominant. Um, and I'm a little well, I'm a little disappointed they didn't take my advice to sweep Penn State to heart. I think that's kind of messed up. They weren't paying attention to uh, to my voice, but that's yeah, fine. that that would have that would have certainly been better. Uh, but they did they did sweep uh, the Michigan schools, which was which was cool. Nice. So I was very very pleased uh, with with their effort there. But your I mean your point is 100 percent accurate that you've got some really great sports teams uh at ohio state that are are absolutely worth your time all right what now, else we got in the mailbag well and that's a great segue into this question from nate who says there's been some discussion lately about the amount of revenue the athletic department brings in but because of the high expenses we have there isn't a lot of profit left over by the end of the year and that's true um for the most recent uh you know usa today statistics that i've seen they've they've recently paywalled that which is a huge pain in the ass um but Ohio State essentially spends every bit of profit that they get uh, and, and put it back into their sports. And, and they do that intentionally. It's not like they're, you know, just scraping by and it's a, you know, a fly by night operation. They know what they have to spend and what they have to make. Um, but the point is, is that it's, it's all going back into it. So his question, is it time to reduce the amount of varsity sports that Ohio State has? Ohio State's got 36, while those schools like Alabama, Georgia, Texas, you know, even Texas, USC, and Clemson have around 1821. Uh, is it time to cut the fat and fund the football program more? Yeah, no, I I would not support that at all. Uh, and you you see that in other parts of the country. Um, certainly, you know, the Southeastern Conference schools are are notorious for this. They don't field anywhere near the number of sports right. that uh, you know Ohio State or Stanford or other you know, big time programs field. And I think that's a shame. I, I really do. There are certainly, you know, some things you could say in terms of like, um, uh, you know, the implications of title nine and, and what that means right. for fielding men's versus women's teams and, and so on and so forth. But uh, by and large, no, I, I do not think so. And I think the reason you say when you, when you talk about um, there not being enough profit or something, you know, at the end, Really, this is, as you said uh, correctly, intentional. <laughs> yeah, they know they spend doing. every dime they have, and yeah. they will they will always do so because again, it's a nonprofit entity, right? But that nonprofit doesn't mean um, it doesn't mean that you aren't actually making money. They're making lots of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah, exactly. And the thing is, though, I like the fact that it's it's an Olympic model, right? That they're they're bringing in sports that aren't necessarily big money makers or whatever, but they're doing it because it allows them to extend their reach in ways that other schools can't. And, you know, do I think it's completely necessary, for example, that Ohio state has, you know, like a pistol and rifle team? No. Um, <clears throat> do I think it's cool? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, is it completely necessary that they have a fencing team or, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, synchronized swimming program. Again, no, it's not completely necessary, but I do think it enhances the prestige of the athletic department in a way that other schools simply don't have. And so when you've got lacrosse getting a new, you know, kind of like arena stadium set up, that's great. I love to see that. I would love to see women's hockey, which wins freaking national championships, not have to play in someone's garage. That would be cool um, because I like the idea of a women's hockey team and I like the fact that they are dominant and one of the best programs in the entire country. That's awesome. They deserve that, right? These are these are athletes who are working their butts off and winning things. And I love that Ohio State can facilitate that. So I don't. I agree. I, I don't think that I want to see them uh, decrease. You know the uh, the amount of sports, particularly just so that they can you know bring more you know whatever amount of NIL money or however they want to do it to uh to football they can walk and chew gum at the same time and i i think the amount of teams that they have they're able to to fund and sustain pretty well i'm not too worried about that yep 
this last one here is from our good friend Alvin, who says, I'm hosting a Super Bowl party. What drinks and snacks slash food items are you bringing or making? Do you have any signature dishes or drinks? Yeah, I don't necessarily have any signature dishes or drinks. I'm, But I would say, you know, I'm a barbecue guy, right? So... I'd probably think about is there something is the weather conducive that I can smoke something, uh, yep. you know, yeah. think like some some smoked scotch eggs or something like that. It's kind of mm. fun in terms of like snacks. Wings are are the obvious thing, but everybody's you're, you know the host is going to make wings. Um, but I, I think a good cocktail, you know, is is worth considering. I've got uh, I've got some nice things here in my uh, in my liquor cabinet. We could. We could whip together a classic old fashioned, certainly with your nice. Yeah, let's let's go with that. Like that's a that's a a drink that somebody could because you're just going to otherwise be pounding Bud Lights or whatever your particular you know light beer of choice is. Why not class it up a little bit? Yeah. Let's go Don Draper on this thing. <laughs> well, I went to the opposite and and bring raccoon food, which is of course the skyline dip. I mean, you that there is no. I'm sorry. There's so no, good. there's no meet and greet. There's no gathering of people watching sports that's complete without the skyline dip. And I'm always secretly extremely disappointed whenever, uh, you know, I, I attend a soiree of, of the sporting variety and there is no skyline chili dip. And I don't care. I don't care how many people actually enjoy it. Although every, every time I've gone to a place with it, it's the first thing that's consumed. But I, I don't care how angry Skyline makes some people. It just needs to be present. It, it, it's a it's like a centerpiece, right? Of a of a Thanksgiving, you know, backland head. You have to have instead of the horn of plenty, you just need to have a uh, a plastic container with Skyline chili dip in it, because that's the best part. Of it. It's delicious. It's so freaking good. Um, so that's definitely my contribution uh, in terms of drinks. You know what? I don't like. I don't like the assumption that because it's, you know, you're going for light beers or whatever that you have to go super light. You know what I mean? You don't have to do Bud Light. If, if you want to do light beers, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Do something people enjoy drinking. Get a ying, get some yingling, right? Like get, get something fun that people actually enjoy drinking uh, that doesn't make people like just miserable because they've had 50 of. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say a slightly classier beer selection than what people normally have at these types of celebrations. And then of course, Skyline Chili Dip. And then after that, it's all great. You can do whatever you want. You're good to go. So that's that's my contribution. That's an excellent question, Alvin. I appreciate it. And I appreciate all the questions that you send in uh, to ask us anything, which you can do by sending us questions to Dubcast at 11warriors.com. Well done, friends. Uh, good good uh, show all the way around. Excellent questions from uh, the legion of admiring fans of the Dubcast. Keep sending those in, and we will, we will keep plowing through them. Otherwise, uh, stay tuned for more discussion of what ails the Shooty Hoops program. Hopefully, as Johnny said, we'll get some, some happy news to talk about between now and next week's episode. Until such time, I'm Andy. I'm Johnny. Thanks for listening to the 11 Dubcast. Thank mm-hmm. you.